0: Welcome to the Empowering Agency Workers, the podcast for all temporary workers. If you're unsure of your rights, unsure how to find work, or just plain unsure, we're here to help. It's all too easy to be exploited, so your expert host Julia Kermode will empower you to succeed.
1: Welcome to today's podcast. I'm really pleased to have with me um, Paul Chamberlain who is a lawyer. Um, he's head of JMW's employment team and he's got nearly 25 years worth of employment law experience which I'm sure he's delighted for me to, <laughs> to remind him of. Um, just so you know listeners, he's got particular interest in um, the law relating to the recruitment industry and he's he's really well known with, within the sector and has advised and provided training on all sorts of things from employment. Employment status, to agency worker regulations, to working time regulations, and loads of um, really important detailed laws. So. Today we're going to talk about holiday pay. So, um, warm welcome, Paul. Have I done your intro justice? Is there anything to add?
0: Good morning, Julia. You have indeed done it justice, (laughs) only to make the rather embarrassing uh, admission that I've now been doing this for a bit longer than 25 years. So I suspect suspect (laughs) what you've read is a little bit out of date. Um, It's it's almost almost 30 years, and I know you wouldn't, wouldn't say that looking at me. Um, no, of uh, course. <laughs> very kind of you. So, um, <laughs> yeah, that, that's absolutely perfect. Uh, JMW, just a little tiny bit about us. Um, yeah. We're we're a, a five hundred strong business. Um, we've got offices in Manchester, um, London, and Liverpool. And I head up the employment team here at the Manchester office. And as you correctly yeah. say, we do a lot of work in the recruitment space. Um,
1: Brilliant.
0: So, so, so I think I think holidays was something that we were keen to have a chat about.
1: Yes, yeah. So um, I mean, my thinking around this is that at the moment, there may be people who are new to temping because unfortunately they've lost their permanent role due to the pandemic. So some people out there might not know anything at all about what they're entitled to as an agency worker. So I was wondering if you could talk us through, you know, just just exactly that. What what are people entitled to? What should they be receiving?
0: Okay, so if if you're an employee or a worker
1: yeah
0: and most uh most temporary worker supplies um are, are based on workers being workers or employees uh, i'll come yeah. on to limited companies in a second but those two categories um are entitled to holidays mm-hmm. it's important that we make the distinction between holidays and holiday pay yes because the statutory right is actually to time off Yeah.
1: Um,
0: it just so happens that that time off has to be paid. So if you're a worker or an employee, you have an entitlement to a minimum number of weeks paid annual leave. And in the UK, that is 5.6 weeks. Um, and yeah. if, if you're um, supplied through a limited company, mm-hmm. um, so if you have your own PSC, for example, and I know we we won't get sidetracked into things like IR35, which um, <laughs> would, would certainly get us sidetracked, but if, If you're supplying your services through a PSC and you're employed by that PSC, then technically that PSC is obliged to give you 5.6 paid, 5.6 weeks, sorry, paid annual leave each year. That's your own limited business. Mm -hmm. Um, Effectively, you're paying yourself um, uh, for paid annual leave. Um, And it's unlikely that you would sue yourself if you didn't get it, strictly speaking. Um, you, you are entitled to it, and the other type of limited company contractor that you see in the sector, of course, is is the umbrella worker. Yes, yes. Um, umbrella workers are employees in the vast majority of cases. They're just employees of a different entity. They're employees of the umbrella, and again, mm-hmm. as employees. Uh, they should be uh, receiving 5.6 weeks paid annual leave each year.
1: Okay, great. So, focusing um, on umbrellas or agency workers then, um, these this 5.6 um, weeks of paid annual leave, how, how do they generally receive that then? Um, because obviously, if you're temping and you're on short-term contracts, then I can imagine it's a bit confusing and a bit difficult to understand how 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 the heck you receive your holiday.
0: Yeah, it, it, it can certainly be very confusing. Um, there are a couple of methods broadly mm. uh, out there in the market. Um, some agencies and umbrellas operate uh, what's called a rolled up rate arrangement,
1: okay. where
0: the headline rate that you receive per hour includes an element for holiday pay effectively in advance right and there's a calculation done which broadly in in the vast majority of cases not in every case but broadly comes out at 12.07 percent of your um, basic hourly rate is yeah. then added to that rate and you're told that if you then take holiday at some point down the line you won't get any extra payment mm-hmm. because you've already had it as part of the hourly rate that you've been paid for the hours that you've worked. Now, there, there are, there are some, some issues with that, not least the fact that there is uh, some very clear judicial um, uh, views expressed that the rolled up rate is technically unlawful. Yeah, um, uh, That's not to say that people who offer it are doing something dreadful um, and they ought to be punished for it. That's, that's not the way the law works, because actually mm. what the law said is, even though it's technically unlawful, if the agency or the umbrella can show that the amount that you're getting is a genuine enhancement on okay. of your basic rate, then the tribunals, the courts will allow the agency or the umbrella to take that into account when they come to um, to calculate how much holiday pay you should get for the leave that you take. Okay. So there is there the, 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 there are definitely some issues around all of that and. Um, sort of hot off the press relatively uh, recently there was a case which is on its way through the courts called harper and brazel which is now questioning the 12.07 uh, percent calculation okay that a lot of umbrellas and agencies are using now mm. that's not to say it's wrong per se it's just that depending on the circumstances um, the percentage might have to be slightly higher if the individual has a particular type of arrangement with the uh, with the agency or with the umbrella um in in that particular case, without going into the detail because mm. we, haven't, we haven't got time here in that particular case it involved a teacher right um, okay and and the nature of a teaching contract meant that when you actually did the calculation the 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 percentage should have been closer to fifteen percent rather than 12.07%. So um, there are some concerns being expressed within the industry generally as Mm. to um, how that might impact um, once we've got the Supreme Court's decision on it, which uh, which we hope will be either at the end of this year or the start of next year. So that's the, that's the rolled up mechanism i did say at the start that there were two there were two approaches the more traditional approach which i would say normal employees tend to benefit from is what's mm. colloquially the accrual mechanism okay and um, so if you're an, a, a colliewood you ordinary employee working for an ordinary employer let's let, let's sort of ditch agency workers for a yeah. second too and um, you will take your leave uh, by booking it with your employer and you will be paid for the leave at the time that you take it. Yeah. That's, that's the normal way that leave is, is paid for. Um, and if you get to the end of your employment and you've got some leave that you've accrued that you've not taken, then your employer is obliged to make a payment to you in relation to that leave. Yeah. That's the sort of traditional uh, approach. But as you quite rightly said in your introduction – with temporary workers and um, who are perhaps on a series of intermittent or short-term contracts mm. it can be a little bit more awkward to um, to operate the accrual uh, yes. mechanism. Um, nice and easy when you've got an employee who's working for you all the time and has worked yeah. for years and um, but someone moving from assignment to assignment um, uh, maybe from agency to agency, it's very, very very difficult mm-hmm. to operate that that mechanism, which is why I think that a lot of agencies and a lot of umbrellas use the rolled up the rolled up rate mechanism yeah. rather than the accrual mechanism.
1: Yeah. Um. So. So. I would sort of sum up the rolled up rate as being, um, you get paid your holiday on top of your normal rate, but you at least you receive it at that time that you get paid. Um, and so when you do take holiday, there is nothing there to pay you when you're not working. Um, and so I guess if you're on, I don't know, £15 an hour, then that, that, that then gets uplifted generally by that 12.7% to, to take account of holiday. Whereas with the, a crude method um then the agency or the umbrella put aside that pot of money. Would that be a fair a fair way to explain it? I mean i'm I'm just talking kind of how I understand it, but um <laughs> I might be technically incorrect, saying no, no,
0: no, I think that's absolutely right. um you know, clearly, when the client is being charged, the rate for Uh, the supply of the worker that rate will usually include an appropriate element for holidays yeah not every agency or umbrella passes that on immediately uh, to the worker they will put it to one side and it will be claimed for in the usual way Um, it's perhaps um, relevant to point out that that money is there for the benefit of the worker yeah Um, And uh, it it is the case that when someone's employment ends and they've got an accrued entitlement that they've not used, then that should be paid out to uh, the worker at that stage. So you're right, you know, regard it psychologically or mentally as a sort of separate pot. Yeah. it's to be drawn down from at the point at which the leave is taken.
1: Yeah, and I guess the advantage of that um, is that you do get paid time off, which is what the um, which is what the law intends, isn't it? Because you you said at the start, it's not about holiday pay; it's about paid holiday which is slightly different
0: <laughs> correct and and you know clearly businesses that are involved in making those payments are very interested in them in the money side of yeah. the, of, of, the of, of the annual leave entitlement but you're right the working time directive which is a piece of European legislation that the working time regulations stem from and that's where paid annual leave um uh, is is enshrined in statutory uh, statutory provision here in the UK mm. uh, it, that's all about health and safety it's yeah. all about making sure that people take time off so they're not they're not drained or exhausted they're not put in a difficult position from a health and mm. safety perspective it just so happens that the time off also has an entitlement uh, or, or also has pay attached to it
1: yeah, it's,
0: yeah. That, it's that pay which has caused some headaches for the uh, for the recruitment sector over the years.
1: Yeah, yeah, okay. So it is. It I, I think this is really helpful in terms of of clarifying it. And you know what what should kind of temporary workers be looking out for because I assume that this will be written into their contracts at, at some point whether they are contracted by the agency or by an umbrella is it, am I, I mean I guess we should never assume these things but I guess that's what they should look out for Oh, well,
0: certainly the advice that I'm giving to agencies that we work with is uh, agencies and umbrellas is absolutely this should all set out and some agencies and umbrellas will give their workers the option
1: Okay. Great. So they
0: don't necessarily put all of their eggs in one basket, whether it be the rolled-up rate or the accrual uh, mechanism. They'll say to the worker, "You have a choice. You can either have the rolled-up rate, or you can accrue in the normal way." Mm. My um, my understanding from speaking to agency and umbrella clients is that the vast majority of workers tend to opt for the rolled-up rate. Mm. Uh, and uh, you know, I suppose all I would say in those circumstances is. And make sure you're happy with the rate make sure you you understand precisely what the enhancement is over and above your um, your normal hourly rate yeah. and and just be mindful that when you might see a job advertised at a particular rate via one umbrella or via an agency and you're comparing it to what looks like a similar job advertised through another umbrella or another agency you need to make sure you're comparing apples with apples on that hourly yeah. rate because yeah. sometimes mm-hmm. agencies will include, the holiday pay in the rate, but perhaps not make it abundantly clear that it is included, whereas other agencies will just give you the base rate uh, without the holiday enhancements. And if you look at the two, obviously, you you might see a disparity there and be inclined to go for the higher rate, um, when in reality, the other one might be better for you.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And it it is all about, all about knowing kind of what you're getting into, isn't it? And, and, you know, um, worth pointing out, it wasn't on my, on my kind of plan to, to cover this morning, but actually it's worth pointing out key information documents, um, for, for workers. So agencies have to give them, Um, of certain information, don't they, before they start their assignment?
0: Correct. There were some fairly fundamental changes to the law um, just over a year ago now. Mm. Section 1 of the Employment Rights Act, which is uh, the section that sets out what should be in an employment contract, um, those provisions were extended to apply to workers, i.e. non-employees, and at the same time, key information documents were introduced because part of the Taylor Review and the reforms that came from the Taylor Review a few years ago um, uh, 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 was was this requirement for agencies and umbrellas to be totally transparent. Yeah, One of the criticisms the sector had faced in the past was it, it was all, a, it all sort of smoke and mirrors and, yeah. uh, and workers didn't really know what they were getting or why they were getting it. And part of the key information document regime is to try and ensure that workers get, all of that information upfront so that they can make a sensible and informed decision
1: yeah and i i can well understand how how the just those two types of methods of working out holiday is is confusing and i i can completely understand why why there is a need for these key information documents so i guess i would say to to listeners to to make sure that they do get one because they should all follow the same sort of format and you should be able to then compare apples with with apples i i'm hoping (laughs) in any case um do you think that anything much will change in relation to statutory holiday in the future? So we've mentioned the case with the with the teacher and, and how that individual's holiday was calculated. Is there anything else bubbling under that you're aware of? Well,
0: I think there are there are two points I'd make here. One is that over the last four or five years, the holiday pay um, environment has changed quite a lot because there've been some mm. legal challenges around how we sort of calculate the proper amount of holiday pay. There's a very un- unhelpful distinction in the Employment Rights Act that, that gives two different ways of calculating holiday pay, depending on whether you've got normal working hours or if you have no normal working hours. So the, t- the two calculations are different. Under the working time regulations, again, without getting too too complicated about it, you're entitled to a week's pay for a week's leave yeah and a week's pay you then have to look to the employment rights act for a defi- for, for a definition of a week's pay and that definition changes depending on whether you've got normal working hours or no normal working hours so to summarize the last five or six mm. years worth of of case law developments those two those two definitions have been shown to be potentially incompatible mm. with, with the working time directive and and where we've ended up is the 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 two have merged so we're getting very close to a point now we're not completely there yet but we're getting very close to a point where the same calculation the law says should apply to holiday pay whether you've got normal working hours or whether you have no normal working hours and and in a nutshell what that involves is looking back over the previous 52 weeks uh, right. assuming you've been engaged for that period, if you've not been engaged for that period, however long you've been engaged for, and averaging out all of the payments that you've received during that period to give you a weekly figure. And under the old regime, before the case law moved us in this direction, um, you would only do that averaging calculation if you were someone who had no normal working hours. Okay. Um, so 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 that there's a there is a mo- a continuing move towards effectively um standardizing the method of calculation for holiday pay whether you've got normal working hours or no normal working hours so that's the, that, that that's the that's the first of two things i would i would mention the second of course is us leaving the ye- the eu yes and uh, there was a, a a lot in the press wasn't there at the time about the government not committing to maintain uh, standards of employment protection, mm,
1: mm. which
0: the EU uh, had imposed on us whilst we were members. Now, it's important to recognise, and this might surprise a lot of listeners, that the 5.6 weeks paid annual leave that we get in the UK is actually better than the minimum amount of paid leave that the EU rules okay. you're entitled to. You know, that surprises
1: rules. me i should know this
0: <laughs> Yeah, under, under eu rules the minimum mm. is four weeks
1: right okay but
0: in the uk we started at four weeks but then we very quickly increased it to 5.6 so that's right. a that's an example of where the uk government has gold plated mm. a european minimum standard and um, now that argument will cut one of two ways won't it? either the government will say well look we did gold plate it so if we wanted to pull it back to four weeks, we're actually not taking away any rights that you might otherwise have had if we stayed a member of the European Union, okay. because four weeks yeah. is the minimum there. Politically, I think, however, that's a big ask. Mm. People used to five point six weeks for a long, long time. Mm. And to suddenly say the minimum is going to drop to four weeks. I, I think would cause a political issue. There's there's no suggestion yeah. that's going to happen. By the way, there's no, no <laughs> one said anything to me yeah. or anybody else about that. But I, I just wanted to make the point that because paid leave and the all of the case law around paid leave is effectively European driven, there's a possibility that now that we're not part of the EU, that the government at some point might look at it again. Yeah, and decide to do something slightly different with it.
1: Yeah. Okay. No, that that's really interesting because I I didn't know that, and you know I keep an eye on what's going on um, employment law wise anyway, um, and I do know that around the Brexit time there were there were these discussions as you say, and I think the government more or less said they wouldn't hopefully go backwards, but I might I might I might be mis, mis- um, misguided there.
0: <laughs> no, I think you're right. I think that is what they've said. Of course, that's what they said then. Yeah, Uh, you know that they 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 will keep their options open, and of course one of the you know one of the reasons that was put forward for leaving Brexit was that we ought to be able to regulate ourselves in this type of area rather than be by EU regulation. So, you know, I think the door will always be open to those types of rights being reviewed at some stage
1: okay well um that was quite a quick gallop through but i think that probably covers everything i wanted to to mention have have i missed anything that that you think we should have mentioned
0: no no i think that i mean that you know holidays are complicated um it's a very short word but actually legally (laughs) it gives rise to a whole host of potential complications and just be mindful if you are um, if you are looking at a new role, whether that be as an employee or as an agency worker, be mindful that you understand exactly on what basis you are entitled to paid an annual leave, and more importantly, how that calculation is made. Um, mm-hmm. And, and if you've got any concerns, then take some advice.
1: Absolutely. Perfect. Well, I think that's a really good note to, to end on, because obviously if as a listener you don't know how, how it's been calculated, how will you know if you receive the correct amount? So, you know, it's it's it, it's perhaps boring, um, but you have to. You have to. Otherwise, you you, you might be mis- misled um, inadvertently. So, perfect. Well, thank you so much. Just um, for our listeners, we're also doing a, another legal podcast with um with paul all about employment status so um so join us for our next episode but for now we will say goodbye and thank you for joining us paul
0: you're welcome thanks awesome. thank you for listening to empowering agency workers hosted by julia kermode for more information on today's discussion please visit iwork.co.uk where you can also join our growing community hope you enjoyed today's episode and if you did then we would love you to subscribe rate and review our podcast we'll be back at the same time next week